All right. <laughs> Welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. I'm your host, Uncle Steve. And this week, we're going to do an Iron Maiden story for you. And sometimes the people that I'm talking to on the Iron Maiden story are bigger than the story itself. Sometimes people on my podcast get nicknames. And with that nickname comes a little bit of a, what I like to think of on the podcast as a little bit of a cult status in the zone. Certain people have a cult status. And this person that I'm about to introduce you to is definitely one of those people. <sighs> so sitting across from me, all the way in Japan, in Chiba, Japan, the official detention teacher of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. When it's watching for lies, you can't escape by eyes. They're watching you. They see your every move. Eyes. They're watching you. They're watching you, watching you, watching you, watching you. Gen Maryutani is on the line with me. Gen, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well. And um, we've been talking a little bit before here. And one thing I've already figured out about Gen is he's got a good sense of humor and he likes to laugh. So uh, we've been having a good uh, time so far. Yeah, yeah, we did. And he took really long for you to start. Wait, wait. What's that? <laughs> he took. It's a long way to start. You were laughing so long. <laughs> yeah. Now, my Patreon people will hear that. They, oh, okay. Yeah, a couple of them, they really like it whenever I try to start. Because I, I don't always, sometimes I can start pretty easy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just, I get to laughing or just thinking, just, just kind of laughing. And, and, uh, yeah. and it just happens. So, um, first off. Thank oh, wait, you. before we start, before we start. Yeah. Are we recording? <laughs> Are you Let me check. Okay. Oops. No, yeah, I'm recording. You heard enough, you heard enough uh, on the, <laughs> on the uh, Iron Maiden album episode <laughs> we did with the covers. Uh, <laughs> you, either that or, either that or Kirsty put you up to it. <laughs> Kirsty uh, told me, you know, Kirsty told me to make sure. To yeah, <laughs> yeah, she she learned the hard way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, I, I do want to say uh, I always like to say I, I say it off the air before we record, but I definitely like to say while we get on here. Yeah. Thank you for a sending your story in because. You know, if people don't send an Iron Maiden story in, there's not an Iron Maiden story for anyone to hear. So thank you for that. I do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, I'll do a, I'll do the Matt commercial real quick. Anyone that wants to send in their story, Iron Maiden podcast at gmail.com. And you too can be like Gen here and be on the podcast one day. So you are officially mm -hmm. the first person on the continent of Asia to ever appear on the podcast. 
I don't know about continent because it's a small island. <laughs> but you're considered on Asia, right? Yeah, yeah, a part of are. Asia. I had I had one guy from Russia, but he oh, was really? he was on Russia in Russia in Europe because Russia, um, it's part on it's two different part of part of two different continents, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I didn't even know that until I was writing up my little thing saying I got someone from Asia, and then I looked it up and I was like, oh wait, he's not in Asia. <laughs> uh, another another uh, another disappointing. Um, geography lesson that I had to learn. <laughs> it just took me a long time to learn it. So, um, so, okay. So let's get started. We got a lot of questions, got a lot to go through here. Um, okay. a lot of people write their stories in and some of them are really short bullet point type stories or, you know, cool. and other people are the way like Matt was the way again here is. And they write me, I mean, I had to set an hour aside just to read the thing. It was long. <laughs> Oh, no, no worries. No worries. Uh, since I did mention Matt, I did speak with Matt and he did tell me to tell you hello. Oh, that's nice. Hi, Matt. (laughs) But that doesn't change the fact that he's going to get in detention, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyone, (laughs) you know, I. I put Matt in and I gave him administrative leave at one point um, because he couldn't keep it together and he finally got put in detention by you. So anyone wondering where Matt's at now, you know, (laughs) Oh gosh. All right. So now, now let me get to the serious questions here. Okay. Okay. So uh, this first question, I, and I have them all wrote in front of me, so I'm going to kind of read through what I wrote. And so this is a kind of a long one. The first one's a little bit long because it's starting out with your uh, musical history. Um, so, okay, actually, uh, we've already talked about this, but one thing that I thought was really cool is you said, I believe it was when Ron Kramer's story came out recently, you said, I saw so many similarities in, in growing up here in Japan and Ron's story growing up in the United States. And first off, I thought that was super cool. I thought that mm-hmm. was, it's really neat because sometimes when over here in the States and, and I'm not a well-traveled person, I've never been outside of the United States, um, n- never been outside of North America. I have been in Mexico and Canada, but I've never been outside, you know, the continent and mm-hmm. you don't really know a lot of that stuff. So it's really neat to hear somebody from over there talking about, and you hear so many things and you see lots of similarities and stories and regardless of what country they're in. So I'm excited for people to hear yours and see this too. So, okay. So let me, let me get past everything here and let me shut up and let you talk. So, so just like anybody else, you grew up, you're hearing music in the household. Um, before you ever started hearing hard rock, what, what kind of music were you, uh, hearing growing up? So, I really didn't have my own music taste until I was maybe in high school. So, I just listened to whatever my family was listening to. So, my dad was a big fan of classical music. Okay. So, he did, like, he probably has, like, a couple thousand records and CDs. Wow. On classical music, yeah. And also, like, he used to listen to like, some oldies, like Beatles, Presley, you know. And my 
mom was like more like only domestic Japanese folk music. Okay. And my sister was listening whatever like you know the trend at that time. So she was listening like Japanese pop music. So, but I really didn't have my own music until I started going to high school. Yeah, around that time. Okay. Okay. So. <clears throat> I'm assuming that would have been around 2000 mm-hmm. and something happened at school when you were mm-hmm. at, uh, when you were in high school one day that had a big effect mm-hmm. on your life. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really cool story. So will you tell the story? Because this is a big start for you. What, what happened? Um, wait. It, it, you had You're a teacher. My... It was an involved yeah, yeah, teacher. Yeah. Oh, actually that was, I was still in junior high. Oh, okay. And I used to go to a thing called cram school. Have you ever heard that? Like cram school? I didn't. I've never seen it. It's, it's like a, what do you call it? Like, so you can go to regular school, right? In daytime. Mm-hmm. But in Japan, it's a huge business called cram school. Like the kids go to another school at night time. And like, do like really cramming study like I like for example when I was junior wait junior you call junior right yeah. junior year uh-huh. in junior high I was already doing like senior year material at that time oh wow yeah so like it's so weird in Japan because like if you go to cram school pretty much you don't learn anything at school like regular school. <laughs> But anyways, I was going to cram school every like every other day, and I had one teacher, and she was a big metalhead. Okay. But the funny thing is, like all the kids in the class were making fun of him for being metalhead, <laughs> and I didn't know what heavy metal was at that time, you know. Yeah. But everybody was like, "Oh, heavy metal is junk. Like it's no cool," you know. Sure. Like. And he was always defending like how cool metal was. And that kind of made me curious, you know. So I was like, okay, but everyone's making fun of that guy, but I do not know what heavy metal is, you know. Sure. Country intense, you know, heavy metal, you know, the word comes intense. Mm-hmm. So one day I asked him, like, um, hey, I'm kind of curious about the music you're listening. Like, can you recommend something? And Next, a week after that, he gave me a cassette tape with, like, all the bands that he liked. And in the cassette tape, he had Metallica, uh, Judas Priest, Halloween, Megadeth, and Arch Enemy, and at last, Iron Maiden. Okay. So, and so the funny thing, so I went home that day, and... You know, back in days, like, if you want to recommend music, it's always cassette tape, you know? Uh, it's sure. not like, you know, you, you, you send a link, you know, oh, listen to this, like, YouTube video or, like, you know, Spotify. Yeah. Back in days, it's always cassette tape. And so I went home and I played it. And the first band was Metallica, you know? And so it started with the battery. And... <laughs> First, I thought it was like, you know, the acoustic, you know, it starts with acoustic intro. 
that was a that was like a cowboy movie, you know. This <laughs> <laughs> is really mm, this is not what I expected. Yeah. But then the band started playing. I was like, "Holy crap! <laughs> what is this?" You know. Yeah. It was. It was the fastest thing I ever heard. Oh yeah. It was crazy, and to be honest, I didn't like it. Eh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Man, this is way too much for me." But I kept listening. Then next song of Master Puppet. Even that, I didn't like that song. <laughs> yeah. it's, crazy. it's crazy to think about it now. You know? Sure, it's, sure. That's a masterpiece. But, you know, as a 14-year-old boy, I was like, man, this is crazy. Then, you get to Painkiller by Judas Priest. <laughs> and as soon as I heard Rob Queen, you know, yeah, you know, faster like a bullet, I was like, stop, pause. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe all these kids in my class are right. <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Then I stopped listening. But that was my first, you know, I was exposed to heavy metal for the first time. You, you know, um, I remember uh, I was into bands like Ooh. Kiss and Wasp. You know, and more like what they would have called glam metal or whatever. And I remember I had a friend that got uh, Master of Puppets. That he had that mm-hmm. tape, and I remember he was like, "Hey, look, I got Matt. You know, hey, you want to hear this?" And I was, and and I knew that they were something really different than what we were the normal stuff we listened to. And yeah. I I remember telling him, like, uh, "I'm not gonna listen to that." Or he, I, I, I'm trying to think of how I said, I said, I think he might've played a little bit of it for me. And I said, I don't like that. I'm never going to like it. And if I ever did like it, I'd be too embarrassed to tell anybody I liked it. <laughs> well, you must be embarrassed now. <laughs> yeah. And, and literally it was probably six months later. I had an entire wall in my room with all Metallica posters. I was like, you know, cause he, he, like for me, it was a it was drastic just coming from a band like Kiss or Wasp, but you were yeah. coming from the Beatles, you know, and and uh, classical music, yeah, you know. So that's that had to be like radically. I can't even imagine. Cause I mean, I at least had heard Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix, and like I said, yeah. you know, Motley Crue and and Kiss and Wasp and stuff like that. So. Um, so okay, so you got to painkiller and you turned it off, and yeah. you said that later on, about a year later, you started playing guitar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what made you want to start playing guitar? It's kind of funny because so I was I was senior in junior high, and one time we found a classical guitar school, and I never played. You know, I didn't know how to play, but. Well, my friend came up and he started playing the riff of Smoke on the Water. Okay. And I was like, dude, that's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and you know, it was an electric guitar, but still it sounded cool. Sure. <laughs> uh, so then I went home and I realized i never seen before, but my dad also had classical guitar. Oh, wow. 
I think he used to play when he was young, but I've never seen him play in my life. So I was like, hey, can I borrow this? And he's like, you want to play guitar? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, sure, I don't play. And he's like, go ahead. Then I started playing classical guitar. And I was like, man, if I can. Then after that, I started watching TV, you know, before, like, I just, <clears throat> if it's like a music video, like a music show, like I just, you know, mostly listen to who is singing. Yeah. After that, I started paying attention to guitarists, and I was like, man, guitarists look really cool, fine. I, I want to be like that. <laughs> so I was like, I started playing <clears throat> I kept playing classical guitar for like half a year, a half year before I got my first lecture. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I started. Okay. And so then... You'll have to explain. You, you said, did you did you start going to a group where there was a bunch of music, people that played music getting together? And what, yeah, yeah. So what what was uh, it that you started doing there? Because I know there's somebody you met there that I want to ask you about. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to um I went, I started going to high school and the high school I went was like hour and a half away from my home okay. by train. So it's super far. But I really wanted to go to that school for two reasons. And why in Japan, if you go to regular public school, you have to wear uniforms. <laughs> but that was the only public school didn't have uniforms. So I was like, man, I'm, <laughs> uniform, I'm not going to wear that crap. <laughs> so I agree. I wanted to go there, and also, like you said, they have, like, a school club that you can form bands. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I was like, man, that's kind of cool, you know. I mean, you can use, you know, all the, like, amps and drum sets, everything's there, you know. I was like, man, that's kind of cool. So I started going to that school, and, yeah, then I get, I, first we started playing only, like, Japanese, like, you know, domestic rock music. Uh-huh. Um, it was okay. I wasn't so sure, though. But I'm like, I was just happy that I was being a part of band, you know. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, yeah. Did they, did they pick the songs that you got to play, or did y'all just get to play whatever you wanted? Oh, we could play whatever. Like, so, there are a bunch of kids who want to, you know, home bands and like, oh, what do you like? Oh, I like this kind of music. Oh, that's cool. Me too. Like, you know. Sure. Just, yeah. And the funny thing is like, they did like a little audition kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like whenever like the freshman comes, uh-huh. like, okay, do whatever you want. It's just, if you're a guitarist, you can play, you know, if you're a singer, then like, sing some song you like. Yeah. And like, everybody just, you know, sitting there and, like, watch you, like, playing or either singing. Then, like, after that, okay, now you guys are free, like, you know, you guys can talk to each other and just make what, you know, make a band or, like, do whatever you want. Okay, okay. So, I'm going to, I wrote it down like this. So, so you met somebody while you were make doing all this. So, tell me and tell everybody else about, the Slayer Pantera dude 
Yeah. So, so he was actually the bass guy in my band. And one day we, you know, I was like, he was big metalhead. He loved, actually, he, like, he liked, he loved playing Pantera. Yeah. And he also had, you know, that, um, that Dimebag Daryl's signature guitar. Oh, cool. You know, it was like super sharp guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he had those. I, she said, I was like, man, that's crazy. And one day we were talking about music, and he said, you know, like he was like, oh, I love heavy metal. And I was like, okay. <laughs> First, we're not going to play that in our band. <laughs> we're not going to play that crap. And he's like, no, heavy metal is cool. And I was like, nah, I don't think so. Sorry. <laughs> And he's like, okay, I will let you borrow my favorite CD and you listen to it and you decide for yourself. <laughs> and I was like, probably my decision is already made, but sure. You know? So he bought Rain Blood by Slayer. <laughs> Man, like the most brutal and, album ever. Yeah, I thought, I seriously. I just want to say, like, if your friend is saying Metallica is too much for him, don't recommend him Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raining Blood. I mean, that that's an album. I, I remember, I'll be honest, in my whole life, I've probably listened to that album about four times. And it's, <laughs> like, I remember back then when I was starting to, because my cousin he was always in, he was always a little bit ahead of me when it came to finding music. Cause he lived in a big town. I lived out in the country. And so he had access to go into record stores and you know, where they might have a listening booth or just being able to check things out where I didn't have any of that access. So I remember I'd go to his house and he, and I remember at one point he had rain and blood and I just remember hearing it and just being like, like, I, I think like, cause does, I don't remember if that album starts off with the song Raining Blood where it's like dun 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 like that sounds cool but man when you get to the next song and the next song and they get like super fast everything's really 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 fast and it's just like I just can't I just don't like it it's just not for me I, I do like some Slayer stuff like later on where they kind of slowed it down like South of Heaven and uh, Ray, uh, what was the next one uh, Seasons in the Abyss I like some of that and because there's a mix of the super heavy and and it slowed down bits, so it's it's better. Yeah. But man, you're right. Like going from, like you were probably like, man, this makes battery sound awesome. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is like, okay, so I popped up Jesus Christ, right? The cassette tape. Mm-hmm. And the first song you hear in Rain Blood is, I believe, the Angel of Death. Angel of Death. Okay, yeah, yeah. And the first thing you hear is heavy riff and Tom. High pitch. Oh queen. yeah, yeah. That that really yeah. And I, when I, I said I said I was like, oh my god again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god, give me a break. I'm like. <laughs> Did you make it through the whole album? No, but she said she's like okay, but even though you don't like it, please please promise me that you will listen to Angel Death and Rain Blood. And I was like, oh, okay, those two songs, sure. So I listened to those two, and I didn't listen to the rest. <laughs> yeah. Those those are yeah. the only two I can kind of listen to on there, I guess. They're the, probably the most uh, 
famous ones. So yeah, yeah. So okay, so different. So so now you told me you just mm-hmm. you discovered a band in Japan, mm-hmm. a heavy metal band in yeah. Japan called X Japan, yeah. and you really you really mm-hmm. got into them, and yeah. and you were listening to them, and and you were talking to. Uh, the Slayer Pantera guy again. Uh, you were telling him yeah. that you were into X Japan, and then he told you something that shocked and surprised you. Yeah. So, yeah. so what did he tell you? And when he told you, like, explain what that did for you. Yeah. So, I so X Japan is pretty much the most famous heavy metal band in Japan, and but I started listening to it because. Not because I like their metal style, but I like their ballads. Okay. And the funny thing is that I bought one compilation of albums, the best albums, and I was expecting to listen and hear more ballads from that. <laughs> but the first, song, the first song in that album was like, I don't know, it's like Five Five with Fire type. Oh man! Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I maybe I bought wrong album. Then I skipped, skipped, and after I skipped a couple of songs, then the first battle came. I was oh, okay, this is Japan. Okay, great. And but then you know, first maybe first couple weeks, I just skipped the whole metal song. Sure, sure. But then, you know, I started getting kind of tired of keeping songs. So I'm like, okay, maybe I will just listen to the whole thing. Sure. But still, even though I listened to that super fast slash song, I didn't think they were heavy metal bands. Right. Yeah. I, I thought that was like super, I don't know, fast rock and roll. I don't sure, know. sure. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Then one day I was talking with the Slayer guy and he was like, you know, and I said, oh man, I recently listened to a lot of X Japan. He's like, X Japan? Dude, X Japan is metal band. And I was like, no, they are not. <laughs> yeah, they are full metal band. I'm like, really? Then kind of dots are connecting, you know. I was like, okay, so maybe that super fast rock and roll song is actually heavy metal. Yeah, yeah. Then, like, the Slayer guy said, so, if you like it, Japan, you like metal. I'm like, do I like that crappy music? (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. But I was like, man, maybe he, he, he might be right. I got really confused for a while. Mm-hmm. So after that, I went home and I put a cassette tape that my classical teacher gave me. Yeah. And so I, you know, I resumed where I stopped. It's different painter. I, I, I still didn't like it. I was like, hmm, hmm, I don't know about this. Yeah. And then I hear the next song was Mel. Metal Meltdown. Okay. And, you know, now I love the song. I think that's a great song. But still, I, I just couldn't get used to rock screen. Yeah. 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 So I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Then after that, I listened to the band called Halloween. Okay. Uh, which Matt sometimes 
you know, talk in the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Matt's a big Halloween fan. Yeah, so that that was completely different because um, the singer Michael Kiske, he is more like a what do you call like operatic mm-hmm. vocal type, and it's not like full scream and and I was like, man. Well, I, I kind of like this song. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I guess I have to admit I like heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, so, but you also you you said earlier that on that cassette mm-hmm. that you said there was some other bands on there too, and so. After you listened to Halloween, did you finish listen? Did you listen to the whole cassette all the way through, or what? No, actually. So the Halloween after Halloween, then that's the whole you know A side was. Do you call A side? A side B side? Yes. Yeah. So A side was Metallica, Jesus Christ, Halloween. Then the B side started with Megadeth, and I paused there. <laughs> What song was it? What was the first Megadeth song on there? It was the Holy War. Oh! <laughs> I mean, I it might be my favorite song now, but sure. at that time, it was, I mean, you know, Metallica's early, early songs, they have really strange structure, like song structure. Uh-huh. Like Holy War, you know, you have like a really fast part. All of a sudden, you hear like you know, kind of Spanish type like clean mm-hmm. guitar solo, then slow down, gets really heavy. Sure. And I was like, man, I, I have no idea where this song is going. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when it gets to like after the acoustic guitar solo, maybe I pause there. I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah. So. I went back to Halloween. I'm like, I like this song, so I'm going back. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Now, you told me that um, you started hanging out at a local record store, like there. I guess you found a record store and you started hanging out there, and you're finding, you know, reading magazines and Uh the thing that oh, I just absolutely love. I love going to. If I can go to a record store now, oh, I'm in heaven, man. I just like I can go into. I have to go by myself. I took Sarah to a record store a while back. I found this one that someone was telling me about. And I was like, you know, I want to go to a record store. I've been to one in so long. (laughs) I kid you not, man. We were in there for like almost three hours and I'm just looking at, there's so much stuff. Yeah. And Sarah's just like, dad, can can we go? And I'm just like, Oh my God. What? what?" No, I'm like, I still got another couple hours of looking, you know, I could, I could have stayed there all day, but, um, yeah, so you told me you start hanging out at this record store and they have yeah. listening booths in this record store where you can listen to albums every now and then. And one day, one day you went in there and there was an Iron Maiden album in the listening booth. So pick up the story here. What happens? So it was, at the time it was just my daily routine. And like, you know, in the listening booth, they always have some new releases. Sure. And the, on the top, he says, this one... Iron Maiden, Rock and Wheel. And I was like, hmm, Iron Maiden. Okay. So I, I just go there and I can listen, you know. They, I, I believe they put like five 
new releases every week. Okay. And that was the first one, so I just listened. And in the rocking wheel, it started with the intro, right? Yeah. And I'm like, mm, okay. Like, but I, I can hear, like, the, the audience was going nuts, you know? Yeah. But when then Adrian Smith started playing the Wicker Man with, it was just mind-blowing. <laughs> I was like, man, this is like the craziest live album I ever heard. And I was like, I was like, I am amazing. I've heard this name somewhere before. Uh-huh. And I was like, but I was like, wait It might be in the cassette tape. Yeah. So that day I went, like right after I listened to maybe I listened to the Whistleman, Ghost of the Navigator, Brave New World. Maybe I listened to two or three songs. Okay. I just left and went home. <laughs> and I, I checked, you know, the back, back cover and uh, cassette tape and said, I am making The Wicked Man, Ghost of the Navigator, and Brave New World. Wow. Like, Holy crap. <laughs> My teacher had great taste in music. They are still listening every single day. Yeah. In fact, my mom got super sick of it. <laughs> whenever we were driving, I just play the cassette tape and listen to three songs, go back to Wicked Man, listen to three songs, go back to Wicked Man. That's funny. To that's, that's funny. That's funny. Let me, let me ask you that, uh, this. Um, uh, let's see. Hold on. I'm losing my train of thought. I'm... <laughs> Okay, you said the wicker man. You said the. Ah, mm, uh, you know I'm old again. What? <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I had a I have an old person moment right now. Okay, let me let me uh, let me move. Oh, oh, I was gonna ask you. Sorry. Have okay. you ever went back and seen that same teacher that gave you that cassette? Have you ever went back in time and talked to that guy? No, actually. And you know what? It was really sad, but I went to my parents' house a couple months ago with my phone. Uh-huh. And I could not find the cassette tape. Oh. Yeah. I was really disappointed. Maybe my mom threw it away. I don't know. But I was like, man, it's gone. Yeah, that's a bummer. I, I always wanted to thank that guy, though, but I never had a chance. Yeah, well... Maybe maybe he listens to my podcast and you can he'll be like, Hey, that's I that was my tape. I'm still trying to get that tape back from him. <laughs> I don't know. He was not teacher, so I don't know if he can understand English though. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. He may not know. So Okay. So um so you uh you told me now the, the way you wrote this, um it I had to read it and then read it again to make sure I understood what you were saying. Uh yeah. X Japan had mm-hmm. their guitar player, his name was Hyde? Hide. Hide, okay. So you said you went to a Hide museum. Now, mm-hmm. and, and you mean a museum like in the true sense of the what a museum would be, I guess, right? 
mm-hmm. and I guess they were having an exhibit of, of his stuff because he had passed away. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, like guitars and personal items and things like that. So, but there was something in all of his personal items because you were a fan of the band, your dad, and kudos to your dad because even though he was not into the music at all he was into classical music he was supportive of you and like hey man if you like this i don't like it but i'll still take you i'll still do things like that and i think that's man that's super awesome because a lot lot of parents they could be the opposite they could be like you know this is devil music and you're gonna you know but so so your dad's taking you to this museum to check all Mm -hmm. this stuff out you saw something that you were like, oh my gosh. And it was like, a, you, you, the word you used was, it was a revelation to you. Yeah. So what Indeed. was it? What was it? And what happened next? Yeah. So first I want, I really wanted to buy Rock with Real album, you know, mm-hmm. but in Japan, CDs are really, really expensive. Like Rock with Real back in the days was like 38 bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, and thirty-eight bucks is a lot of money for high school kids. You know? Yeah, I always wanted to buy it. I just went to the listening booth. Everything I'm pretty sure the guys in the store hated me. <laughs> but I just went there every day and listened to Rock and Reel. Uh-huh. And the funny thing is, like the the player they have, it automatically turns off. After he hits 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. But they don't want you to stay there forever, you know. <laughs> right. What I did, I just, you know, turn off. Okay, turn it on again. <laughs> and keep listening. By the time, like, you know, it was no longer new release. Probably, I, I listened the whole uh, disc one, like maybe three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> But because that was like freaking extensive, I could not buy it. Sure. Then one day, like you said, so my dad took me to Hidden Museum, and like I'm like, man, that's so cool! Like his personal items, everything. And I that was pretty at the end of the section. I saw I made the debut album record, the vinyl there. Uh-huh. I was like. This must be a revelation. <laughs> you know, I yeah. don't hear music, but I was like, I need to buy, uh, I made an album. So on the way home, I I texted my, my sister because, you know, she was really big in music and she knew all the music stores around in Tokyo. Because she used to go to school there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, um, do you know any like used record store that you know that I can get really good deal? And she recommended one music store. Sadly, it's no longer there. Yeah. But I went there. <laughs> the good thing I didn't buy debut album. Uh, <laughs> it's got a lot of mind-blowing stuff. <laughs> Yeah. In that way, but... Sure, sure. So I started looking at it. Of course, you know, Rock and Roll was still new release, so they didn't have it. Yeah. But I had really 
strange policy at that time because I was playing the band. I where, whenever I started listening to new bands, I always try to pick a live out album from whatever the artist is. So I was looking for live albums and I found a real death one. Okay. So I was like, oh, okay, this one is affordable. <laughs> I was like, this. It was like 10 bucks. Still, yeah. you copy. It's a used copy, but it still costs me 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I bought it. And on the way home, I put the CD player. Man, I was just, well, I wouldn't say it was another mind-blowing experience, but it wasn't actually at first. Yeah. Because it started with the number of the beats, right? Sure. And the beginning said, whoa, to you. <laughs> What the hell is going on? I was, like, yeah. I was expecting the Wicker Man or something. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. But then the band started playing. I was like, wow. Sure. This is so cool. But the funny thing is, like, you know, like around early 90s, like Bruce was doing a lot of kind of raspy vocal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So first, I thought that was a different singer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then I was like, hmm. He sounds like the same thing, but maybe he's not. I was, I was, pretty, I was kind of confused. Gotcha. Until like I started learning about history of the band, then I was like, oh, okay, this is the same guy. And the picture looks different too, you know. Yeah. In the rocking wheel, like you know, the Bruce didn't have like you know, well, Bruce was well shaved yeah. and the hair was short. But yeah. in the you know, if you look at the back cover, a real dead one. Like, Bruce had long hair, had beard, and I was like, hmm, I'm not sure if this is the same guy, but <laughs> right. that sounds really cool, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Interesting. Okay. So, now, I did want to ask you about what you said. About mm. You said you always want to start out with a live album when you're going to buy an album by a band. So, why... What, what what made you adopt that that theory? Because I think that's really interesting. It's a very interesting theory. What do you, what do you do that for? Well, the the first real live album I got was um, Live in Japan by Deep Purple, which is called Made in Japan Internationally. Right. And that was like mine. Like I was blown away. I was like, man, this is like the coolest thing I ever heard. And I guess I just have weird, I don't know, attitude. Sure. That if you are not good live, you ain't good band kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and which is true, you know. I mean, there are some bands like really sound great in the studio, but as soon as they started playing live, they're like, man, what's wrong with them, you know? <laughs> So I, I just had that kind of, I don't know, policy or like attitude. Like I always wanted to hear them live first and if they're really good, then I go back to their studio catalog. That, make, that makes sense. You know, uh, Matt Matt has a phrase that he uses where he'll say, uh, you know, hearing something live is the great equalizer. Like that's where you really 
can like I think he means it a little differently, but like you can find out if a song really, you know, measures up to like, oh, hey, it's great on the album, but live, what does it do live? So, so the great, yeah, I definitely, I don't think that's weird at all. I think it's, it's a really, I think that's cool because it's, you know, we all have our little quirks that we like and dislike, and that's pretty neat. That's a really neat thing. But when when I read that, I was just like, oh, I've never heard anyone say that. That's, that's interesting. So, um, so but I was really tempted to buy the debut album though, because that's what he they have. Right. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, that's understandable. I was like, eh, maybe I should get this one. But I don't know, but I have a policy, you know. Now, I'm glad I follow my policy because if I bought the debut album, I don't know what happened after that. You might you might not be listening to Iron Maiden anymore if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> now now you did also tell me here. You you said you were still playing at this time in in the band and um, yeah. that y'all were talking about different songs to do and you had a few but you talked them in to doing the Wicker Man and mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool but the thing that I really want you to talk about real quick here is you said that in your band the drummer he was the best musician in your band and yeah. you picked out the Wicker Man y'all decide to do it so naturally the a person's gonna go home listen to the song, figure out how to play it, whatever. So your drummer starts talking to you about playing the Wicker Man on drums. Like, what, what's his whole reaction to it? Yeah, yeah, so by that time, I started learning about history, you know, the cool members of the band and stuff like that. And I remember, so, oh, wait, before that, so I, I, I told him, you know, Here's a really cool song called The Weak Man, and I will play. And they're like, okay, sure. But the problem was like, they had, we, we had only uh, sheet music. Okay. Sheet music for guitars, and didn't have any part of bass or drums. Gotcha. So they had to listen to the song and figure out. So, you know, then we went home practicing. The first practice that we got together, you know, we were just sending up, like I'm sending up my, you know, martial arms, and like, uh, the drummer was sending up his drum kit, and he pulled off uh, his double pedal, you know, the bass, bass drum double pedal. Yeah. And I was like, hmm? That's <laughs> And I talked to that guy and said, hey, why are you using that double pedal? And he said, why? Did you listen to the chorus? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's what the guy does. And I was like, no, he doesn't. And, you know, because by that time, I already knew that Nico stayed with, like, single pedal whenever he plays bass drum. Yeah. And he was like, no way. I'm like, it can't be single pedal. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure he doesn't use double bass or like double pedal. And he's like, nah, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I said, okay. Then that's the first time I like really realized and appreciated the Nico's drumming, I'm like, man, that guy must be a beast, you know? Oh, yeah. Then, then after that, I listened, I was like, oh, he's right. Like, 
it sounds like you know double bass. It does. Actually, you he plays that bass with a single pedal. That's really cool. It's it really is. It re- as someone who plays a little bit of drums, man, I you know, and I I talked to Joe Lazarus, which is Steve Harris's nephew, and oh. yeah, and he's a um. He's if you go dig back in the history, I, I think I titled it "The Nephew of the Beast," because <laughs> um, because his sister, Steve Harris's sister, is Joe's mom, but Joe is a drummer and he is a fantastic drummer and he plays like in Maiden cover bands and he he plays the same way Nico. He will not play with a double pedal, and oh, wow. and he talked about um, uh, you know, face in the sand has a major. Uh, bass thing with the foot and but you know he, he he was telling me i was asking him i was like what what does he do and he basically he uses like his he he slides his heel like he has his foot on the pedal but he slides it like from front to like front to back front to back front to back like do 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 like it's really like it, it's got to be like i'm like i could see how you can do it but imagine mm-hmm. doing it like you know your time will. Yeah. That's with my finger. I can't even imagine doing that with my foot. Do, 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 do. It's just, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, he is a yeah. beast. He is a beast. So, Please. and you know, the way I like, like I know when I talked to Joe, he was just like, I play it the way Nico played it. I think, I think Nico has played double bass on one song. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I believe that's what it was, but I, I remember him telling me. I think that if you listen to that thing, I could swear he said that he had a a, a little bit of a, a a thing with Nico where they both tried to do. I think it was face in the sand with one <laughs> foot to see who could do it longer. <laughs> I can't remember who won. I won't. I won't say who I think won, but I. I, I just. It's very interesting. So okay, so. Uh, so when when you get into Iron Maiden, you know Rock and Rio's the current album. So when you get into Iron Maiden, it's the six man band. Yeah. And before the next studio album, you know, before Dance of Death came out, you had started going back and you were getting a lot of albums. You know, th- yeah. things from uh, like Fear of the Dark and the Blaze era albums, and uh, you know some greatest hits things. So mm-hmm. at some point in there obviously with the blaze albums too, but you were hearing some Paul Diano stuff and some blaze stuff. So, so tell me about each one of them. Like when you first started hearing them, what your, what were your thoughts? Okay. So I heard both singers with best of the beat album. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to best of the beat, it's so inspired, right? By, you know, yeah, yeah. I know by with Blaze. Yeah. And I thought that was a cool song. Like, I was like, hmm, okay. And then I believe the song after that is Sign of the Cross, I think. Or Man on the Edge. Maybe Sign of the Cross. Then mm-hmm. I already heard Bruce version of Sign of the Cross. Yeah. So, with Rocking Real, then I was like, man, this sounds really slow, and I like Blade, okay? I like Blade, but first I thought, this is horrible, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, you know, 
you know, that chorus. Yeah. I was like, man, this sounds 100 times better. Sure. You know, that's my first impression. Well, sure. Not only it, I thought that was really cool. And they also had live version of Afraid of Strangers. Afraid, Afraid to Shoot Strangers. With Blaze. Uh, right? With Blaze, yeah, with Blaze. And it was really, I thought that, first, I, I still think that version is better than Bruce's version, to be honest. Yeah. I, I really like, you know, how, you know, the chorus is really low, you know, low vocal. Sure. But Blaze actually sings octaves higher than Bruce. Mm-hmm. Which is really unusual, you know, because, I mean, Bruce has much higher <laughs> range in his vocal, but he sings low, but Blaze sings high. And I, I thought that arrangement was really cool. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I, so my first impression with Blaze is like, okay, this guy really fits with certain songs, mm-hmm. but maybe not epic. Yeah, that I was guess my so. first impression on Blaze. Sure, sure. And for Paul Diano, I think it was pretty easy for me to adapt Paul Diano because of the house song structure back in the day. Yeah. I mean, it was sad and it was maybe exception of Phantom of the Opera. Other songs are pretty short and fast and, and I thought his voice really matched with those songs. Okay. Yeah. And even Phantom, like I thought that song was really cool. So maybe I have you know mixed feeling with Blaze at first, yeah. and easily adapt with Paul Diano. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. So now, so now we're gonna get up to your um, Iron Maiden's actually gonna release a studio album while you're mm-hmm. a fan. Like you, you already yeah. you're aware of their history, but something brand new. There's just something about yeah. it when you're a fan and they releasing an yeah. album, you know, and you're getting at the fan experience and everything. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when you first listen to it, the first time you put it on, you play it. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you thinking? You know, knowing you're listening to the album that is out now, it's completely brand new for you. Like, what are you thinking of it compared to anything else you've heard in the past? Man, I was so I still remember uh, back in this, I used to read a magazine called Burn. Mm-hmm. And that was the only heavy metal back magazine at that time. And I remember that on the first front page, there's a big ad about Dance of Death. Mm-hmm. I was like, Iron Maiden is going to release new album. Because back in this, we didn't check, you know, Internet Daily. We didn't have like. Sure. Um, Pretty much all the information we get about music is either TV or record store or magazine. Right. So when I saw that, I was like, man, I mean, I was so excited. Even though the album cover was crappy. <laughs> but, you know, what the, well, never mind. It's amazing. I don't care. You know, yeah. I don't even care about album covers. Right. Then I think they uploaded. Uh, music video on their website before release. That okay. was why the screen. Okay. 
and I had listened to that beforehand. And I was like, hmm, oh, oh, okay. Well, it's not as exciting as Wicker Man, but... Sure. Okay, it's decent. Then, on the release day, I went to the record store, and I bought um, Dance of there. And at that time, like, everybody... You know, do you remember MD player? Say again, MP3? No, not MP3, but MD player. You know, those square discs that you can listen to music? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, they call mini discs. Oh, yeah, mini discs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, back in the days, like, mini disc player was really huge at the time. Everybody was using, you know, because it's smaller and... Sure. But, but I still have CD player, like CD Walkman. Yeah. And so, right after that, I left the store in the outside, in front of the store, I just wrecked the, you know, <laughs> the packages and I opened it, I put the CDs and I started listening on the way home. And it still was wider stream. I only knew that song. But when it hit Rainmaker, I was like, man, this is the Dave Morris song. Like, people in Japan, like, I, I read, like, some mm, interviews with magazines, stuff like that. But I only read the interviews about Dance of Death uh-huh. at the time yeah. with Bird Magazine. And they were saying, like, you know, Rainmaker reminds of, like, Judas Be My Guy or, like, Deja Vu. Yeah. And apparently, those two songs are really popular in Japan. Okay. Among Japanese Then, so, like, all Japanese fans will love Rainmaker. I'm like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Then I listened to it. I was like, I, was, I instantly, like, when I heard that intro, I was like, oh, now I know what they meant. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Japanese people love this song. Yeah. And I thought overall, like, I I thought that was a great album. No More Lies, like, they, they have three epics, all of them are great. Um, they have Journeyman, which was acoustic ballad, which is very, I mean, that's the only acoustic song. Sure. Uh, I thought, overall, I thought that album was great. I, but, you know, like, I was too excited, so I, I, I don't think I was really observing the album, though. I was just excited to have new music from Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like I always remember thinking back in time and like say when Fear of the Dark was out. And I don't remember thinking, oh, man, this is crap. You know, like this is a, this is a terrible album. I mean, I, I, I just remember... I liked it. It was like, Hey, it's a new Iron Maiden album. So, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, exactly. it, it's hard. It, sometimes it's, it's easy to judge something really fast, but sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. to judge it really fast. Like to me, I, I'm like, you can't, you know, like Metallica put out a new song and people are just either, you know, some people I've seen some people say they love it. And like literally the day it was out, I saw people making these big posts. About, oh, this song is a pile of crap. And I'm just like, look, these guys are, you know, almost 60 years old or probably whatever. And, and they're putting out new music. I mean, why do you got to crap all over it? Give it some time. And, but so, so let me ask you this question. Um, and this, this is, you know, this goes to your current fandom, whatever. 
of the three guitar players, uh, Yannick, um, Adrian, and Dave, which one of them do you prefer the most? Dave. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. That's a you know you you and Ron can start a uh, a, a clan because um, <laughs> you know because he was talking a lot about Dave and he was like you know Dave doesn't get a lot of love on your podcast Adrian seems to get like this but I'm man Dave's awesome I'm like oh I love Dave too don't worry you know I just it, when it comes to solos I I tend to prefer uh, Adrian I like his more I don't know what his style is I don't play guitar so I really don't know how you describe his style but he. His more like his solos feel a little more um, structured and and yeah. and not simple, but not as crazy. Okay, yeah, I, I like I, and I prefer him, but you know, but I like all of them. I mean, all three of them. Like you listen to uh, Blood Brothers and like Yannick, man, he just has some magical solos. And oh yeah, so I mean, I, I like all of them. They all they all add stuff. I enjoy them also. Uh, okay, so I like. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, like Yannick gets a lot of crap about his playing. Yeah. But if you listen to songs like Blood Brothers or like um, Como Estas Amigo, mm-hmm. like those, like when he really plays melody, yeah. I mean, he's untouchable. Like he's amazing at it. Yeah. But yeah. he just tends to play really fast alive, and that's. I think that's the biggest reason why he gets a lot of crap. I, I think sometimes when I listen to him, because I, I always, I always like to be a defender of, um, you know, someone whoever's taking all the crap. I want, I'm going to defend him, like Blaze or Yannick yeah. or whatever. And sometimes I do listen to stuff and hear mm-hmm. Yannick's guitar sound in it, and I'm just like, that doesn't sound very good. But then I'm like you got to trade the good for the bad. I mean, he's written some fantastic songs. Over oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and you take away the 10 or 15 great songs he's helped right now. He did help write the apparition <laughs> and, uh, and I'm trying to think of what the other one yeah. was, uh, maybe weekend warrior, <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, yeah. I, all in all, I, I'm, I'm thankful they're all still there, but, um, oh, yeah. so, um, okay. So, um, this year, okay, this is an incredible year for you right now. Uh, you know, you're mm-hmm. you got Dance mm-hmm. of Death. You're a brand, you're a new maiden. You know, you're a pretty new fan. You're a couple years in, and they release a new album. But um, not only was it a great year already, but it was getting ready to get a lot better for you. So, I want you to answer this question for me: What did you get for your birthday? <laughs> so. I found out the same way as I found out about the release of Dance of Death. I was reading Burn Magazine, and I found out Iron Maiden was coming to Japan. Okay. So, I asked my parents to buy me tickets, and I got one. Uh And that was maybe the best birthday gift I've ever got. <laughs> it's probably the most memorable, right? Yeah, yeah. I still have the ticket. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, so how long away, like, from, from your birthday till when the show was about, how long was it for you to wait? So, 
three for three months. I, I asked them to buy it before my birthday because, you know, the ticket was already on sale. Sure, sure. So maybe I think I have to wait for three months, I think. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. when you were getting ready to go to the show the first time, you didn't have anything happen where you fell on the ground and people were stepping on you or anything like that, right? <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> people are usually calm before shows. <laughs> very good, very good. I, I guess I'm going to have to tell Ron so he can go to an Iron Maiden show there. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, so, um, <laughs> so <clears throat> okay, so you're going to go to the show. And now that you, you, you wrote some things about going to this show that I, um, I think I had heard about part of what was going on there, like what happened to Bruce before, yeah, yeah. before he got to Japan. But this is your first Iron Maiden show. I, I want you in, including the things that you told me about go, what was going on with Bruce and what you kind of noticed in different things. So mm-hmm. tell, tell me about your experience going to your first Iron Maiden show, like from start to finish. Yeah. So, um, Iron Maiden was going to play out, place called Titan Super Arena. And that place was that place was the biggest venue I made and ever played. Okay. And the funny story is when they came to Brave New World Tour in Japan, um, you know, like when they reunited, like pretty much they, you know, they're going another golden age, you know, they're playing a stadium arena mm-hmm. and like everybody loved the band. But I don't know what the promo Japanese promoters are thinking. Mm-hmm. But when they came to Japan for a new world tour, they're basically playing the same venue when they were with Blade. <laughs> so it was like a couple thousand or three thousand people there. Wow. And the they got a lot of backlash. Sure. From, you know, fans and critics. Like I mean like they are you know, marching arenas and stadiums in other countries and why are they playing this small venue? Sure, know? sure. So I guess, you know, they have so much backlash. They book, you know, one of the biggest venues in Japan. Then, so that day I was going, so, and also that was a little bit different from regular shows because they also invited two other bands. And that was Sonata Arctica and also Arch Enemy. Okay. And they called it Iron Maiden Festival. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of cool title, Iron Maiden Festival Eddie in the East, you know. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, kind of like Unleashed in the East, but yeah, I was yeah. like, Eddie in the East. So I was like, man, so I was pretty excited. I was going to see three bands, you know. So I always say Iron Maiden was first, you know, uh, rock concert I went to. Yeah. Technically, I first that I saw was some of the articles, okay. which I didn't know much about sure. at that time. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, so I went to the show, and 
bands, the first two bands play, and that was, I mean, you know, that was really cool. But then I made it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, every, you know, it's like a ritual. You hear doctor, doctor. Sure. And, and I already knew at the time, you know, before they play the show, they play, always play doctor, doctor. The funny thing is, the doctor, doctor, the studio version of US, UFO studio version of doctor, doctor, still with guitar intro. Uh-huh. But they play the live version, right? With keyboard. Right. Keyboard intro. The funny thing is, I seriously first thought they are playing Blaze version of doctor. Because <laughs> that's still with keyboard too, you know? Yeah. I was like, man, oh, are you playing the place? I'm like, I was like, man, that's kind of cool, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah, figure out like you know. Yeah, yeah. But then, so the show started with wildest dreams, you know, mm-hmm. and it was everything what I expected. Really, I mean, it was more than what I expected. You, I, I, I saw like members running around, blue Bruce is jumping everywhere, and the the band was really tight, and I was super excited, even though it was one of the dreams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? sure, sure, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then, but in during the show, um, so they had one dream, and they had a few classics, you know. Rothschild, can I play with Madness, the Trooper? Mm-hmm. Then it hits to Dance of Death. And, you know, they did a uh, theatrical performance, you know, that Bruce had those masks and, you know, wearing the clothes. Yeah. And doing all dancing things. And <laughs> after that was Brave New World. And Everything looked fine at that point. I, I didn't say anything, you know. Sure. At that point, like, you know, that band was really great. Bruce is, you know, doing great performance. But the, after the guitar solo break in the world, the, you know, they go back to the chorus, right? The last chorus. Yeah. And we heard the voice. We heard Bruce singing. But he wasn't on the stage. And... We are like, what's going on, you know? Sure. And what happened was, uh, which one should, okay, I, I just continued this story. Then after that, I will tell what really happened. Yeah, yeah. So after Brave New World, then Passchendaele came. Ooh. Then, you know, the Bruce comes out with those helmet and like the soldier outfit and he started singing. I was like, oh, okay, Bruce is here now. Now maybe he was, you know, he took really long time to change clothes or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he, he looks fine. Sure. But after he finished first chorus, you know, then when the, I don't know if you call second verse or second chorus, but he wasn't there again. Mm-hmm. And But we hear him singing somewhere. Yeah. But, and the rest, like almost the entire passion that he was on the stage, except the first verse and the first chorus. Okay. And by then, everybody was like, "What? What happened to Bruce? You know? Yeah. What happened to Bruce? Like, 
people still worry about her. Sure. And then Passendale finished. They started playing Lord of the Flies. And again, at the beginning, now beginning, he is now on the stage. So we hear him singing. Interesting. Yeah. And we're like, then, finally, I think before they hit chorus, or maybe during pre-chorus, I don't remember. But he came on the stage. He came back. But now, this time, he was not moving a lot. Like, he was dragging his feet. He was holding his, you know, like, maybe he's holding his wrist. Sure. We, and I thought, oh, my God, he must have been injured, Mm. you know, backstage or something. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, holy crap. Yeah. But actually, what happened was, so before they came to Japan, they had toured in the U.S. And they had shown in New York, and that was the day before Yannick's birthday. Mm-hmm. So they, celebrate, they, they celebrated his birthday on the stage at the end of the concert. And you know, like how sometimes people do, like, they threw pies at him, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's favorite, you know, at the end of the show. Yeah. And it was all fun and stuff. It was great. And then they moved to, uh, they went to California to have a couple more shows. Okay. Um, then I think that was during rehearsal. You know, they, you know, before, after that New York show, like, they cleaned up everything. They thought they cleaned up everything, you know, because mm-hmm. the, Cream and the pies are all, all on the stage. So, you know, the Roku, like, clean up everything. But apparently, there's some cream left on the stage. Hmm. And they're, you know, rehearsing before the show. And Bruce was maybe just doing, you know, like, she's working, like, jumping around and stuff. Then she stepped on the cream and he slipped. Hmm. And he fell from the stage to the floor. Mm. And that was like he said, maybe that was like ten feet high. Oh wow! He broke his ribs. Oh my god! Yeah. Then after, but he kept doing the shows, and and he he was just taking he took pain relief. Sure. He was taking pain relief because you know he apparently he broke his bone. You know. Yeah. But Bruce later said like. Before the show I went, he got his stomach got really sick because he he's been taking too much too many pills. Yeah. So he did not take, you know. Right, right. Any medicine at that show. Then so we didn't know it because he was jumping around, you know, on the stage and he looked everything fine up to Brave New World. Yeah. We thought he got injured backstage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But he was really professional. Even after that, like, we could see his face, like, he was in pain, you know. Man. Like, but he, he, he said, never said anything. He never said anything about it. He never said, like, said, hey, you know, if, if I'm, he didn't even mention it. Uh, Actually, after I met him, when he when they came back for Journeyman, he, he he said, 
you know, it has been a rock and roll easily tour, you know. Yeah. And but at that time, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand English, so I was, I don't know what he was saying, but he was actually explaining what happened. A little uh, bit. Okay. Okay. So the entire time, I thought he got injured backstage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So. So after that first show, were you just thinking to yourself, that's all I need? I don't need any more Iron Maiden shows or what? Oh, uh, well, obviously I was really satisfied, but I was like, man, if they ever come again, I will go for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Which I didn't, though. So, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I did want uh, to ask you this one question I forgot to ask you earlier. I, I introduced you. As mm-hmm. the official detention teacher. Um, yeah. But I always, you know, I don't get to usually ask people all the time what they think of when they get a nickname. So what were your <laughs> thoughts the first time you heard yourself introduced as the official detention teacher? I thought that was really funny. <laughs> well, first of all, like, I didn't know what detention teacher was until I went to the state. Uh-huh. We don't have, like, no kind of teacher in, in Japan. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but I was like, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, okay, that's a really cool title. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of taken a life of its own. So it's you know, if I get Kirsty and Matt on here, you know, it's like, okay, don't get on Twitter because if you you know, Gen's gonna be watching, and uh, you know, he's gonna put you in detention. And so, so I figured now though, if your son if your son acts up at home, you can yeah. just put him in detention. You'd be like, look, <laughs> I'm the official detention teacher. You know, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. So so another question here is because um, one thing that you do a lot of on Twitter, you're really really. If anyone hearing you doesn't know, you're really active on Twitter, and yeah. you do like I, I think we almost might have would we're going to come up with another nickname. If you hadn't have been the detention teacher at that point, we would have came up with another nickname. But you do a lot of polls. And, um, it, the polls always are, you know, there's a lot of chatter on them, a lot of conversation. Um, so what is it, why do you like doing polls so much? And do you do anything do you, with the data that you get out of it? Oh yeah. Well, <clears throat> well first, like I, I wasn't like really big Twitter user before. Uh-huh. I, but one day I just found, um, I don't remember what it was, but somebody was doing polls about some music. Uh-huh. And I was like, really cool, you know, this is really cool. So I started finding all those, like, Iron Maiden or, like, heavy metal polls. Uh-huh. But then also I started thinking, like, you know what? It's really fun to compare, like, you know, songs like Aces High and Seven Sounds. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, but... Isn't it more interesting if we compare, like, for example, like the Rhyme of Ancient Mariner to Seven Sons and like AC High? Because those two are epics. Sure. And I was like, you know, I want to know what everybody's favorite, like, epic song or like show opener or like, sure. like a closer or like what's everybody's favorite song from the reunion era? So then I started, one day I just posted just random I made a poll. Then I think two or three people 
answered. And I was looking at it, I was like, wow. I, I was actually surprised. I was surprised that, you know, random three people actually answered my poll. Uh-huh. But I was like, man, this is really cool. So I started doing it. Yeah. Uh, I was like, you know what? I don't know how this thing is going to turn out, but I just want to keep posting every day and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then, like, you know, it gets to, like, first it was three people, then a couple weeks later it was, like, seven, ten people. Yeah. Then I started getting, like, around ten, yeah, around ten for, like, a couple months. Then I started seeing the names, like, like Justin, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. You guys call abs. You yeah. abs, you know? Yeah. Like on like uh Willie. Yeah. And those people started coming, like Dave and uh-huh. but one day my pod just exploded. Uh-huh. Do you know why? Why? Because you retweeted. <laughs> I, don't know I didn't know that, but before I was getting prepared for this show, I was checking, you know, my old, really old poll. Uh-huh. And it was like 10, 11, 9, 8. And one day it was like 130 or something. Yeah. I was like, what happened? Then I saw your name retweeting. <laughs> I was like, oh, actually, Uncle Steve was the one who made me famous. <laughs> <laughs> you know cool? I was like, man. Oh, man. I'm to you now. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I really, I think that the polls, I know that we've, you know, even behind the scenes when we'll record and we'll, we'll talk, you know, me, either, me and Kirsty or me and Matt or whatever. And we'll, a lot of times we'll get to talking about your polls and like, Oh, Hey, did you see that poll that Gen put up about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I, I can remember for a while. I was like, I said, yeah, I stopped voting in his polls and Matt be like, why? I was like, cause I'm just trying to predict them. And it's like, I, I'm afraid to vote in them because I, I know I'm going to see the results. Cause there's, I, I, I tend to do like, I don't do as many polls as I used to, mm-hmm. but I would do polls and it's always the classic era fans. If you put, and I'm sure you know this already. If you put the best song from the reunion era, like take Passchendaele and you put it against a crap song like quest for fire quest, quest for fire is probably going to win because it's, because it's classic era. Or, or if you take a like, like, okay, let me ask you a question. How would you answer this question as an objective fan? Which song is better? Passchendaele. Now let me, let me take that's That's too, it's too easy to to pick Passchendaele. Okay. Okay. Face in the sand uh-huh. versus die with your boots on. Huh. I think I would go with die with your boots on. Right? Okay. Okay. See, I would go face in the sand. I, I like die with your boots on, but I think face the sand is kind of an epic. And, yeah. uh, the problem with me with facing the sand is actually the bass drum. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, well, I, I, if it's not Iron Maiden, probably I will love it. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm like, I, I was kind of a bit disappointed, actually, 
why I think, yeah, he was using double pedal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> but but I like but anytime you take a song that's like I can a lot of people consider that to be you know one of the better songs that's not <laughs> as well known. And but if you put anything, I mean, if you put Passchendaele against yeah. Die with Your Boots On. Die with your boots on is going to get about sixty-five oh, or seventy percent of the votes, and it's like, okay. which of those two songs would you choose? Yeah, I mean, it's I just always kind of that's what it always irritates me because I'm just like it's because it, a lot of times <laughs> you know people will come and vote, and it's like it's not necessarily people that follow you, but they see it. You know, like if enough people hey. comment, you'll get random people. Oh. Oh, oh! Here's a poll, and all they see is a poll. Oh, it's and they see the song they know from Iron Maiden from the 1980s. Oh, that's on Power Slave. Whatever you know, it doesn't matter what it is against. So, and that always drives me nuts. I'm just like, so I'll like if I ever do, and and, and it's the same if you pick anything with Blaze, anything with Blaze against anything with Bruce. So I won't do. I will never do a poll that pits anything Blaze against anything Bruce because. It's, it, because people hold the 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 two albums against Blaze when it's like you got to blame Steve Harris for that you can't blame Blaze so um, yeah you know, but anyway yeah but but your polls are always I, I remember when you started doing a lot of them and, uh, all the time and I was just like oh this is good man I like it's always <laughs> fun to vote and just kind of see because every now and then I get a I get a good surprise out of one of them. I'll be like, "Oh man, look at that. Look at that, man." People are and I always you you know usually see my comments cuz I'll just comment like like, "Have people never heard this song? What is going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> I always love your comments. <laughs> I, I I just try I just try to be honest about it and um there's so many people that have that classic era bias and I remember there was a guy I was chatting with one day and he said something like that. He goes, "Well, I became a fan, you know, in the mid eighties and I, and I replied back, well, I became a fan in the mid eighties too. And brave new world blows that album blows peace of mind to wear whatever it was. And he was just like, Oh wow. I can't believe you became a fan in the mid eighties and thought and think that. And I'm just like, it's just being objective is like, do you like the songs better or not? And a lot of these people won't even give them a chance. You know, it's like they're stuck in that era and I get it. I, I get it, but I don't like it. So. Yeah. Okay. So you're a fan. You went and saw Dance of Death. Mm-hmm. So the next album comes out, A Matter of Life and Death. Uh, mm-hmm. are, are you getting that on release day as well? Yeah. Okay. So uh, did you? At this point, I I wasn't really I was out of Iron Maiden at the time. I was I wasn't really following along at this point yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you, cause I know there was kind of a, the same type of thing that happened with Senjutsu. They had all this kind of secret build up to it that they were kind of teasing people with. Did you get caught up in any of that? Did you follow along with any of that before it happened or what? Well, uh, wait, you mean that's of that? No, no, no. On a matter of life and death, they had like a website that talked about oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Benjamin Brieg and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I I saw the they they created like special website, right? For yes. Stuff. Yeah. So I checked it and I was pretty excited because one, it was new I made it all, and yeah. two, it was written by Dave Murray. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I was expecting, okay, it's gonna be another rainmaker, sure. maybe. Then 
I could explain. And, you know, it started with, like, really calm and, like, really cool intro. I was like, hmm, maybe this is going to be some epic song. Then, you know, when the full band comes in, like, it's just really heavy. And I was, I don't know how I put this. Maybe I was really confused. Okay. I... I don't even think I listened the whole thing, whole song. Huh. I just, that was completely different from what I expected. Yeah. I mean, you know, the first single from Brave New World was The Wicked Man. Mm-hmm. The first single from um, Dance of Death was Wild Dream. I mean, it doesn't have to be like that kind of straightforward, you know, rock, metal type song. Sure. But uh, I I just didn't know how to feel about it, to be honest. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So, okay, so the album comes out, mm-hmm. and you get it. Did you get it release day again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so what what happened that day? What was your listening experience? Were you were you listening to it on the portable CD player? What were you doing? <laughs> so I was a portable CD player. Then the first song I heard was Different World. Yeah. It kind of relieved me. I was like, okay, good. I made it. I made it, I guess. You know? Because mm-hmm. that's pretty straightforward. And I really like, I mean, Different World doesn't get much love, but I really like the song. The chorus is really cool, I think. Yeah, I like it. And after the chorus, you know, those like triple guitar, lead guitar, you know, harmony. Yeah. Like really cool. So I was like, oh great. Then the next song was these colors don't And all of a sudden, like the tone of the album changes, you know, after that. Like almost a different world, like outlier of the of the album. <laughs> it is. Honest, yeah. you know. And I was like, okay, now what? But I, I just I I I think I easily could listen the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, I was more confused about the band's direction, I think. I like For, uh, for the Greater Group of God. Yeah. That's how I instantly loved it. I was like, man, this is like one of the best epics, you know. I was like, this song's amazing. But like, songs like Brighter Than a Thousand of um, or uh-huh. like, like the Benjamin, yeah, the Legacy. I thought Lord Lord Light was really cool, except the chorus was a bit disappointing. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, you know, I like. I mean, the verses like one of the best verses ever. You know, then like the chorus is like, okay, but. Yeah, after that, I was like, mm, I'm not sure where I put it. And I like that album. Actually, I ranked that album maybe second place after somewhere in time now. Nice. But, but at that time, I just didn't know. Like, so, you know, I said after that show and concert, I was like, man, next time I'm going for sure. But 
I regret a lot now, but I did not go through a matter of life and death tour. <laughs> now, why? What was your what was your reasoning behind that? Well, first, like I didn't like the album. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And I knew they were going to play the entire album. Uh... But now I regret so much. I was mad. That was one of the kind lives. Yeah. And they would play at the Budokan. Ah. And that was the first time since Subway on tour. Yeah. They, yeah. Like, they always want to play at Budokan. But for some reason, every time when they come, like, the venue is already booked. Sure, sure. Yeah, so he always tries to play, but so that, man, that was really historical cause, and I really mm. regret Oh. Yeah, I, I always hate things like you think back about different. I think there's a lot of tours that I've missed, and and mm-hmm. over the year, like they opened the which tour was it? They opened the Final Frontier tour in Dallas. Oh, that's right. The the one they play only the pretty much only reunion yeah. song. Yes, and that that's the oh. kind of tour I would love to see. Uh, and <laughs> f- funny enough, Matt. Matt, who lives in Kansas City, was at that mm-hmm. show. Steve, who lived oh. in Fort Worth, wasn't at that show. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's definitely a regret that I have there. But, wow. you know, you live and learn. And uh, yeah. and, and unfortunately, we can't go back and and uh, and, and, fix, and change that yet. So maybe, yeah. maybe if we someone... Need huh? We need time machine for that. I know. Hey, you know, there is a time machine on the... Um, on Senjutsu. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we'll yeah. meet... Get to, maybe if you buy the meet and greets, Bruce will, walk, <laughs> Bruce will walk up to you and he'll just go, have I ever told Tell you me. about my time machine? You know? And then, <laughs> and then he'll just walk you over there. Come and step on <laughs> in, you know? Let's go back to yeah. uh, let's go back to the Budokan in 2006 <laughs> or seven, whatever year it would have been. Yeah. Oh, man. Nah, oh, man. I wish I did. Yeah. They didn't even, I don't even think that tour came to where I lived and I, I wouldn't have been into it oh, anyway. Really? Yeah, I don't think it played in Dallas. I think it. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure it, what happened there, but it's kind of odd that they don't. It's kind of odd that they don't come uh, to this area, yeah. but it is what it is. So, so now it, you told me that um, when the Final Frontier came out, that you didn't uh-huh. you didn't buy it on release day because you were living uh-huh. in the United States. Yeah. So Hawaii. Yeah, you know, I've never been to Hawaii. So um <laughs> so uh what 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 brought you to Hawaii? Well, I went to school there and I mean going to you know, school in United I mean going to state that was like my dream since I was like in five, fifth grade. Okay. So yeah, so I went to school in Hawaii. So, did you uh, did you live on a school campus, or did you live with a family? Uh, well, first couple of semesters I live live on campus. Then uh, after that, like I, me and my other two students rented a house. Okay, okay. I bet you that would be neat. That would be neat to be in Hawaii there. So, mm-hmm. ah, so you were there for how long? Were you there in total? A uh, little less than four years, so okay. three years and a half. Okay. So, so when yeah. did you when did you end up getting it, or how did you 
Like, did you not know it was coming out, or what? Or what happened with the? How did you end up getting that album? Uh, well, so, well, first of all, if you go to Hawaii, just warning: nobody listens heavy metal. Period. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, nobody. And it's all like reggae, R and B, Hawaiian music. You gotcha. know, gotcha. Yeah. So those are the most popular ones. Sure. And you know. Funny because at the time, I, like I started listening like Boys to Men stuff like that. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and because my friends like, oh, Boys to Men is great. I'm like, okay, why? Man, I'm like, okay, I can listen to that. Sure. And but I remember, so El Dorado came out as a free download single, right? Uh-huh. And I downloaded that, and. Well, at least I was this time relieved because, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to give too much crap to Benjamin, but he wasn't Benjamin. So <laughs> okay. at least I was relieved, you sure, know, sure. and they had, you know, really straightforward galloping riffs. I'm like, oh, wow, that's yeah. really cool. Um, but then I didn't really check Iron Maiden daily. That at that time, because you know, yeah, I was in school, I was not listening heavy metal music a lot. But I remember, I remember though, the first time on YouTube, somebody uploaded the show from Dallas, Texas. Okay, the first leg of um, I made uh, the final frontier tour. Okay, and I remember on the comment section. Every, I mean, many people were giving crap about that list, mm. you know? Yeah. Because everyone was like, why aren't they playing, you know, classics? Like, what, what's wrong with them? Like, sure. I'm like, but I, I look at it, I'm like, man, this sound is freaking awesome, you oh, know? No. Uh, I was like, man. But another warning no metal band comes to Hawaii. <laughs> it's really sad truth, but no one does. I mean, while I was in Hawaii, probably the only big name came to Hawaii is like U2, sure. Justin Bieber, maybe Taylor Swift came, maybe one, <laughs> or like the Eagles. I mean, no sure. metal bands. Gotcha. Yeah. But I was kind of, you know, I mean, I can take it, but like, even though I take it, I knew I'm not going to see them. Yeah. You know, so I wasn't really into it. So I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't check when the final frontier was going to be released. Sure. Uh, still, I mean, I still like heavy metal music, and it's funny because I was pretty much the only metalhead in entire campus. Like I'm wearing like the number of the Beast T-shirt or like Made in Japan T-shirt. Yeah. And everybody just look at me like. Oh, what the freak, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But yeah. I, I still love metal. So I often went to uh, Hot Topics to sure. buy rock people. So one day I went there, like I was checking all, you know, oh, maybe this, maybe. Then I bought a couple of t-shirts. Then when I went to Capture, there was a, I made a new album there. Oh, wow. The Final Frontier. I was like, oh, I didn't know they released the album. 
Yeah. So I just bought it and I went home and I listened to it. And I kind of had the same reaction like you did. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing you hear is, you know, Sunrise 15. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. I was already confused about the matter of life and death. How <laughs> many time I hear Sunrise 15? Like, what is wrong with this guy? You uh-huh. know? Yeah. It was funny because I think if I remember correctly, I was doing I was going to do homework and you know, I was trying to play some background music. Yeah. So I just insert the final frontier and I <laughs> play. But as soon as I heard sound like I was like, Oh my goodness. So I stopped doing homework, I'm like, okay. I'm just going to focus on this album and let's see if they went nuts or not. You know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I... After Satellite 15, it got better, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember hearing that because I, it was when I was, I had gotten back into Maiden and I was, you know, I, there was Brave New World, Dance of Death, Matter of Life and Death, and The Final Frontier that I really was mostly unfamiliar with. And mm-hmm. I think I had tried a little bit of everything through the years, but I remember hearing like Wildest Dreams and I would be real quick to judge. I would be like, oh man, this is bad. And <laughs> and and uh, with A Matter of Life and Death, I remember liking that one. That was the first one that I got into, but I remember listening to Final Frontier and just being like, like, all that. And I'm just going like, you know, and all the little weird guitar sounds and the drum. I was just like, what on earth happened to these guys? Oh my I, God. I, I couldn't believe I, it. I remember when the Nikos drums started rolling, like, I just popped it. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it, and you know, it, it honestly, I don't even think I made it through satellite 15. I think I just turned it off and, and I think I went to something else. I, I, I was yeah. like, I went. I think I went to probably a matter of life and death, and and I. That's when I got it from the get go. Like I played it, and I was just like, "Oh man, it's it's heavy." So, but yeah, I, I definitely remember that reaction. Uh, that, that you know, you said you had it. So, um, now one thing I was thinking about that uh, not thinking about, but you wrote this, and I didn't even think about this. I totally forgot. But I remember having a talk with Matt about this a while back. Mm-hmm. When Iron Maiden was supposed to play in Japan, oh yeah, yeah, on that tour, um, it was when that tsunami happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, same thing. golly, so were you? Because I remember it seems like there was a story of them like flying over or something. Um, but were you there? Were you in Japan when that happened? No, fortunately, I was in Hawaii at the time. Oh wow! So. Like you guys, I learned about that incident on the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really crazy. My, I mean, my parents live near Tokyo, you know. Uh-huh. But because, like, the place, the tsunami was Fukushima, but they had huge nuclear plants. So they had, like, a big blackout for, like, like several hours. Yeah, yeah. And all the trains, everything. I remember, like, I talked to my coworker, like, like, you know, like, he had to walk home. Like, he had to walk, like, 12 hours to get home because the train were not working. And 
all the taxi were like, I mean, sure, everybody was ta- taking taxis, so there was no taxi. Sure, yeah, that's pretty wild. So the maiden came to Japan, and they were going to land uh, Tokyo Airport. But because that thing happened, like they had to go to different airport instead. Right, right. Yeah. Then immediately they left. Sure. You yeah. Know, it, yeah. There'll be no conflict. Yeah, that's 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 a oof, that's a scary thing, man. Oh. Um, were were your parents affected by? It? Were they? I don't know where they would have like compared to where they were. Did they have their power go out as well, or was that? Yeah. Yeah. So, did, but did they have any physical uh, ram, you know, repercussions of it, or? Oh no, no, no! They were fine, except like you know, the TVs and everything, like you know, like fell on the floor and broke, but nobody was hurt. Oh wow! Yeah, so they, but, so they felt some oh, of it though. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean that that was huge. Earth. I mean Tokyo is pretty far from where the earthquake sure. happened. Yeah, but. You know, like they have, they they have still huge earthquake in Tokyo too, mm. and because the nuclear plant, you know, could not generate electricity. Sure. What happened for a couple? I think for months or couple months. Yeah. Like they had to, uh, what do you call? Like they 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 couldn't generate electricity for the whole city. So what they do is like they have a silent blackout. Like they say, like okay, these people in this area, you're gonna have blackout on this day. You're not gonna have no. You're sure. not gonna have any Yeah. They had. They went through for like a couple months or something. Sure. Yeah. I, that's understandable. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that's wild stuff. Um. So. Say so, so you would have got when did you actually get back to Japan from Hawaii? Like what year was it? I think 2012. So after that. Okay. Okay. So in 2015, Iron Maiden released the Book of Souls. And mm-hmm. to the lead up to the album, we started hearing about Bruce and how he had been sick and how he had already dealt with everything and when the album came out they started releasing tour dates and it was like it was a big it was a lot of information like because you're going like wow bruce had cancer but he's going to go on tour anyway and oh and and it happened he had cancer when he recorded the album and uh so it was pretty wild stuff and um so when book book of souls comes out at this point you know you're at a different stage of your life too because now you're done with college, you're done uh, with your schooling, you're probably working for a living. At, at this point, are you married already when Book of Souls comes out? No, I'm still single. Okay, okay. So so when it comes out, are, are, are you getting it on first day or what? Yeah, I did. Okay, so you you did you get, because I know that um, Speed of Light came out first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did, you, did you hear it before the album came out? Yeah, I did. Okay, and so when the album comes out and you have your full listen and you listen to everything, because I know that you had wrote some things in there about, you know, because they, they were talking about, yeah, there's going to be an 18-minute song that's got yeah, piano, okay. and you're like, wait, and, yeah, yeah. And, and everybody, I think we all felt that kind of, wait a minute, <laughs> Iron Maiden yeah. with piano, uh, not keyboards, piano, yeah. 
Wait, oh, Bruce is playing piano. What's going on here? You know, is he turning? Is he going to be like Elton? I know he already changed his outfits like Elton John, but <laughs> so so you hear the album and, and uh, you know after all the build up and everything. So what did you think of the album? I thought that album was really good. I mean, some people criticize about like having too many songs or like songs being too long, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But I think overall, I like it. I mean, if Eternity should fail, I think that's one of their best openers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like you say, I listened to Speed of Light before the album was released. And I was like, man, I mean, the, I, I thought the song was just okay, not great, but pretty good song. Yeah, but I was really impressed by Bruce's vocal. I was like, "Wow!" You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> Man, did he really have cancer? <laughs> I mean, I was like, "This is crazy." I know. And and we, I was really worried about Empire of the Clouds, <laughs> yeah. but I I thought that song was really great. I mean. Even as Japanese, like when I listen to the song, it's really easy for me to capture uh, the visual of what's going on in the sure. story. Yeah, it's amazing piece. Like you, you know what's happening, and not only by words, but also music. Like you know, all the airship is falling now. You know, you can tell from the music too. So I thought that album was really great. The only thing I don't like about the album is I, I pretty much like all the songs in the album, <laughs> but I don't think they should put Tears of Crown and Man the Man of yeah. <laughs> they, they should have put somewhere else, you know. Yeah, I didn't, kinda, think, I didn't think the sequencing oh. was very good there because they, yeah. they put them together and it's like, you know, it, it's... I was telling one person, I said, you know, really the album ends with a thud because you've got those two songs and then, and then you've got empire of the clouds that starts off with piano. So it's just like three lighter, you know, slower, whatever you call them songs. And then of course, empire of the clouds, you know, goes all over the place. I think they should have just cut those two songs out and left it because empire of the clouds is long enough. I mean, but, but you know, it's, it's, it's even, as bad, like, like I would say, I don't really care for those songs. I don't think they're that great. They're not terrible. They're listenable, mm-hmm. but, but it's like, you would rather have more than less in a way. I mean, like, it's like fear of the dark, even though some of the songs are terrible. Like you take a song like the apparition, there's still some really good musical parts in the apparition mm-hmm. and, and, and in weekend warrior, but you know, you it's look, they're Iron Maiden and they get to do what they want. I'm glad we're glad they're still doing it. And um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, with the book of souls, um, mm-hmm. you got to go see that tour, correct? Yeah. And, and you told me, and I hope you have this, I'm sure you have this written down, but mm-hmm. you told me of a whole bunch of funny things that happened at, <laughs> at, at this show. So I want you yeah. to, I want you to, to tell me, to tell us about the, uh, all the different funny things that happened at the show. Oh man, so many troubles. I guess uh, Bruce was saying. I think Bruce was saying like they came like the night before. Yeah. 
And he was saying like the roll crew was like building the stage like 2 a.m. Oh, man. And like they didn't sleep at all. And like they just kept working until the show. And wow. So like their schedule was super tight. I suppose they really tired. Sure. <laughs> the, the, one of the funniest events was like, so the trooper starts. And you know, like everyone was going nuts. And screaming, and Bruce has you know his uh, union uh, flag. Yeah, and he's waving the flag, and everyone's screaming like, "I'm like, oh my gosh, man, this is so great!" Uh-huh. <laughs> as soon as when they hit first, the first verse, then we didn't hear anything, <laughs> and. We were like, oh, oh, what happened? Then we realized that Bruce did not have his microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny part was like, I was like, you know, it's like we were surprised, but I guess the guys on the stage were surprised too. So I said, they didn't hear the voice. Yeah. Yannick <laughs> and Dave and Adrian, they all looked back. You know, <laughs> what happened? Right. Then like, Except Steve. Steve was just staring at the crowd and singing by he, himself. He was probably mad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Probably he was. Because all three guitarists, they were laughing, but he wasn't laughing at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. That's too funny. But I was like, man. Oh, that, that was, so we were able to listen to karaoke version of Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what else happened? And uh, so after that, uh, well, I so defend of Ireland. I'm pretty sure they're really tired, you know. <laughs> sure. Well, they had so they when they can death and uh, death of glory, they messed up the intro really terribly. Like I think that was Adrian though, because so it was even funnier because it's Adrian's song. But yeah. Adrian was the one messed up the intro. Like <laughs> <laughs> he was really off. Like he was playing like like three, four notes behind. Oh wow. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what happened? You know? <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny to see and, him do that. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, we and uh what else? Oh, and because like they play in the place called uh Kokuhikan. Mm-hmm. Which is usually they use for small wrestling. Okay. And it's not really like big concert venue, but whenever they don't have small matches, like they also can be used for like concerts or like theaters. Yeah. And but bec- they wanted to book Budokan, but Budokan was uh, already booked, so instead they booked Kokugikan. Um, but because it was smaller venue, they had to shrink the stage a little bit. So it was smaller stage than what they usually play. Sure, sure. Oh, funny thing is like, but still, you know, Steve, Yannick, they were running everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, crash on the stage too high. <laughs> <laughs> not only each other but also like with Dave and Asia you know that's hilarious uh, like they were used to like smaller stages 
know? Yeah, yeah. And at the end, they play Hollow Be the Name. Okay. Which was not played in 2017 because of the you know, lawsuit. Yes. Yeah, but they played during the uh, 2016. Right. And I guess, I suppose, the staff of I Maiden are also tired. So when they start playing the song, the bell didn't begin to chime, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a but you don't hear and we're like we're like yeah what you know we don't hear bells so right before Bruce started saying when the bells then you hear oh finally that's funny that's funny oh man so overall though did you like that show was that oh absolutely love it I mean, it's been like what twelve years since the band was their tour. So oh, wow, yeah, I love the tour. Yeah, and that's the last time that they've played there, as of right mm-hmm. now. As of right yeah. now, and they haven't. They haven't. It kind of blows my mind that they. Okay, so I saw the Legacy of the Beast tour in two thousand nineteen, mm-hmm. and then and that was in Dallas. So yeah. then, you know, they obviously, you know, COVID happened and it canceled a lot of different, you know, it, it took a year or two away from them, but then they come back and start doing another tour in the United States again. And I thought, well, you already finished your full tour. And then, you know, they went down to Mexico and recorded nights of the dead or whatever. And, but then I'm, they start over and they're like, yeah, we're going to tour the States again. And I just thought, I mean, I, I want to see them, but I'm like, I also want, like, I know like Andrew and Kirsty and, you know, anybody over there in Australia, they've been waiting and you yeah. guys have been waiting. You know, they haven't, they didn't play that tour there. So what do they do? Hey, let's go play the United States again. And, and, yeah. and, and I mean, I got to see a show, but I'll be honest. I, I really, it, I mean, I had a good time and I don't want to sound like a, a spoiled brat, you know, <laughs> but I, I just thought, you know. I don't really want another, I didn't really want another legacy tour. Mm-hmm. I, I would much rather have them, you know, even though it's always, it's always a good time, you know, to go see Maiden and, but I would much rather them have went to Australia, Japan mm-hmm. and take care of you, of the fans there. And so, um, okay. Anyway, so I'm, I'm jumping a little ahead here. So, so, uh, you know, with Senjutsu, you know, we had all we had all this all this lead up, all this build up to Senjutsu, and um, what level of participation? Well, let me ask you a question before I ask you that. Mm-hmm. Your wife, does your wife mm-hmm. like the music you like? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's enough. Not even a bit. Not like, even a bit. It's a noise. Yeah, I, I I have one like that too. So <laughs> I'm 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 slowly working on her. You know, I, like like she actually at this point, if I play Megadeth now, she can go. I'll go. Who is that? And she'll go. That's Dave Mustaine. Like she knows. It. Like like I've gotten a little bit. I'm. It's a it's a it's a really slow process here. But the other day I was I was playing. Um, what was I playing? I think I was playing the title track uh, from the album. Of the sick, the dying, and the dead, and um, 
and I was playing it and I just go, Hey, do you know whose voice that is? No, no, no. It wasn't that. I'm sorry. It was mission to Mars. And I was like, you know, but he, he sings that a little bit to me. You know, he's like a countdown is commencing, you know, and, and he's not singing it like the way he's singing soldier on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. he, I was playing that and I'm like, Hey, do you know who's singing this? And she's like, I don't know. And I, so then I went, okay, what about this one? Dun, 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 and he starts getting, you know, no reason left for a living. And she's like, yes, yeah, Dave Mustaine, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. So I'm like, Hey, you know, that's, I've accomplished something now. So, yeah. okay. So anyway, uh, how, how much did you follow up? How much did you follow along with the build up to Senjutsu? Uh, well, so first I heard was like, you know, those, that Bruce's like teacher incident. Yeah. On the internet. And I, everybody was, everybody started freaking out and I was like, oh, what's going on? And sure. I was like, oh, I get the new album coming. So I, when they announced it, was it what? Is it July or June? It was July of of that year because I was on a vacation. I was in Alaska oh. when they announced it. Yeah. Oh wow! That was when actually oh, yeah. that was when the whole Bell Shazar's feast happened, and they played the video for Riding on the mm-hmm. Wall. So they mm-hmm. premiered it then, I guess. But that was uh, yeah, that was July. Yeah. So uh, I figured and. Yeah, that's right. And when they released the writing on the wall, and <laughs> it's funny because first I saw another cowboy song, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the intro. But yeah. I thought that was a really cool song, like very unusual for Iron Maiden, but I thought that was a really cool song. Sure, sure. And I, I could see easily, like, it's going to be a really great live song, like, to make audience sing. And after that, uh, so I pre-ordered, you know, they released the, the box set. Yeah? Right, right. And I, you know, I pre-ordered that. But then, <laughs> a week before the, you know, international release day, I learned that the box set won't be shipped until the end of September. Oh, no. Yeah, I was like, oh, what you know? I was like, "What a bummer!" Right, right. So, and even the regular uh, release would be two days after International Day. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so in Japan, all the CDs will be released on Wednesday, pretty much. Okay. There's a rule, like I don't know, like it's a record industry rule, like new release has to be on Wednesday. Interesting. So, and. So I was really envying the fact that everybody around the world is getting sent to a couple of days before I do at least, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then I was at work one day. And I was like, wait a, wait a minute. What about iTunes? Exactly. iTunes do not follow the, you know, CD release date. Right. And I checked it. I was like, oh, Penjuku here. <laughs> so I downloaded on the very release day and I was able to listen to it on the way home. Yeah, yeah. I See, I had the same type of, ex- not quite the same experience, but I had ordered the CD. And uh-huh. I remember getting an email the day before and it said, or was it that day? 
And it said, yeah, your seat, your package should arrive by 7 p.m. And uh-huh. I, like tomorrow. And I was going, 7 p.m.? It comes out at midnight. You know, I, I don't want to wait 19 hours. You know, maybe. It might have it, it might have been earlier. But I was like, I don't, I'm not going to wait all day. I'm going to work that day. I'm, I'm going to listen to the album all day. So... So I remember I I went on Twitter and I I just I tagged Iron Maiden in it and I just said, does anybody know if when the you know when an album releases on iTunes when it becomes available? Is it and and literally that's the only time ever I've gotten a response from the Iron Maiden Twitter account and they I mean they responded like wow. within five minutes of my post and I thought so does that mean they really see everything we post? <laughs> so, but, but they, but they, yeah, but they responded and they said, yeah, it'll come out. And, and so I tried to stay up that night, like at midnight. Cause I thought, cause here, um, we have, uh, like four time zones, you know, like on the East coast, it's, it's, it's a Eastern time zone, which is like currently it would be 1225 there here. It's 125, uh, in the, in the. Uh, what they call it mountain time zone. It's two twenty five, and in, in Pacific over in California, it's three. So there's a, th- you know, four hour difference. So I'm hoping, okay, I buy in this. Hopefully it will release at the earliest possible time, which will be 11 o'clock at night for me. So 11 o'clock gets here and I keep updating my phone. Cause I'm waiting for it to pop up on iTunes. I keep updating it. It gets to about 11 15 and it's not there and I'm waiting and waiting and nothing. I'm like, oh, okay. So then I'm like, okay, hopefully it's midnight. Cause I, cause at the same time we know this album's like 90 minutes long or something. And I'm like, okay, if it, if it comes out at right at midnight, I can listen to it. I'll be done by one 30. I'll just not get as much sleep tonight. So I wait and I wait till about 12, 15, 1230. And it finally, I'm just like, I, I think I stayed up till one. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, it may, if it comes out at one, I'll, I'll listen to it. And I just, I was fading out and I just thought, man, this isn't going to work. Cause then I'm not going to be able to be into it, be listening, you know, consciously. So I finally, I went to bed and, and I knew, okay, if I get up in the morning and I have to have a certain amount of time to listen to the album and then get ready for work and all that. So, so I got up, I remember I set my alarm for like 5.00 AM and you know, I don't wake up that early on, you know, to, for work. And so I remember my alarm goes off and my wife's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, and I'm, and I'm like not a morning person at all. I'm usually real. Like, eh. I was just like, I got to listen to the album. And she just went, she's like, you are a nut, you know? So I was just like, yeah. Okay. And I mean, I came upstairs and, and it was funny because I went to bed la- that night and literally 30 minutes later, the album, I had a thing on my phone that said, Senjutsu is available. And I was like, so I came upstairs, I turned it on and I just sat here and I listened to the whole thing. And I was just like, I was really impressed with it. But um, also what I did, this is the first time I've done this. I, I, I told, uh, I told somebody, it's probably the first time I've done it since uh, fear of the dark or no prayer for the dying came out. Um, I, I, I was ready for work and it was early and I was just like, I wonder if they have this at any stores nearby. Like I could stop and buy a physical copy of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I pulled up a store and I looked like I wanted to go buy it there and it said in stock. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was like 
It was out of the way, but I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to leave for work early. I drove over there. I went inside, I go to the back and I'm looking around. Nothing. I'm like, so, so I find somebody I'm like, Hey, I went on your website. It says you have this in stock, but I can't find it. And she's like, what is it? And I told her, so she goes, let me go look in the back. And about three minutes later, she comes walking out and she's holding it. She goes, is this it? And I'm looking at it like, y'all don't even have it out yet. So, but I'm like, I didn't care. I was like, yes, that's it. So she gives it to me. I walk up to the front and I, I pay for it. And I'm just like, I just bought the new Iron Maiden out in 20, what, 2021. I just bought a brand new Iron Maiden album on release day, brand new in 2021. Like the first album I got was an 86, you know? So it's like, I, I can't, you know, this is 35 years later, whatever it is. That's amazing. So, so what did you, what did you, you try really hard? <laughs> do what? You tried really hard to get that copy. I did. I did. I, I was like, man, I got to, you know, it, and it was cool. It was just, it was a cool experience that I haven't, haven't got to have in a long time. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, did you tell, did you say what you thought of the album? Did you tell me what you thought of the album? Uh, no, not yet. Go ahead. Well, it's, I, from the beginning, I thought it was really great. And that was, you know, like my routine was, before my routine was like, I usually read, you know, uh, Bird Magazine and interview about a new album. Yeah. And then I usually buy it. But because of the COVID, uh, when it was released, the magazine, Bird Magazine, wasn't able to interview members of Iron Maiden. Right, right. So other than the writing on the wall, I had no idea about the the entire album. Sure. Yeah. So, but from, you know, where I sent you to, um, I was, I was blown away. I, I was like, man, this thing might be the best album since, I don't know, maybe, um, might be the best album since Brave New World or like A Matter of Life and Death. Yeah. And I instantly like immersed into music. I, I kind of feel like, um, it was a combination of classic, I mean, like really old school classic Iron Maiden and reunion era. Like it was really perfect. And I don't know if I wrote it on my Iron Maiden story, but in the Book of Souls, Book of Souls and the Final Frontier, I felt Steve songs a week. Sure. When the wild wind blows and the red and black. Yeah. And but at least I I felt that he was trying to do something. Mm-hmm. I think that his writing process of epic songs, like he really established himself in a matter of life and death. Sure. Because pretty much like all songs, like city X exception, uh, different world, uh, the pilgrim, and out of the shadow. 
every song is written the same format, you know. Yeah. It's so slow, building up. Right. And, and I think he, you know, because he established himself in that album, he was trying something else. I, did, I don't think it quite worked out in uh, the final frontier and the book of souls. Okay. Uh, in Senjutsu, like, he, I, I really felt that he did it. Like, he really nailed it. Like, and if you compare, like, Lost of the Lost World and uh, Death of the Cow and the Parchment, Hell of Earth, mm-hmm. these four are very unique from each other, I think. They're very different from each other, even they are still the old epic songs. Sure. But I thought, like, Steve just hit another peak of his as a composer. And I thought overall the album was just great. And I think I rank it on the third place after another life and death. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard to rank it at this point for me. I, I it's just it's still, you know, it's it's little over a year a year a little over a year old, so I haven't really tried to like I really like it though. I do know that. I mean, there are certain albums I could probably say for sure I like it better than, but but then I just like it's, it's hard to you know the higher up you move, it's like it's harder yeah, for yeah. me. So, but um, okay. So I've got two more questions for you. Mm-hmm. Now one of them is a pretty long question. I think you probably know which one that one's going to be. It's a seventeen <laughs> part question. Yeah, yeah. And and, and um, I don't know if the last one is a question, but it's it's gonna it's gonna let you do something. So, okay. So the 17 part question, obviously I'm going to ask you what Mm -hmm. your favorite song from each Iron Maiden album is. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it in reverse order though. I'm going to start with the newest album. Okay. Take you off your game a little bit. That way you got to make it instead of thinking of, you know, okay, well, yeah, sure. Phantom of the Opera, Wrathchild and order. You got to go, Oh wait, now we're going in reverse. So, so, but, but, but okay. it's easy. Once you hear the name of the album, you know, you know what you like. So, uh-huh. so, okay. So, uh, Senjutsu, what's your favorite song from Senjutsu? Uh, Hell on Earth. Hell on Earth. Okay. Um, now, now my, now I'm, I'm challenging myself to remember their albums backwards too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, okay. Next up is the book of souls. Uh, if eternity should fail, maybe. Okay, okay. Uh, the final frontier. Uh, the man who be king. Ooh, I like that one a lot. Okay, next one is a matter of life and death. It's funny, but right now, as today. Maybe the reincarnation of Benjamin Free. <laughs> Ironically <laughs> enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's funny. That's okay, though. I mean, you know, it, you can hear a song at some point in your life and hate it, and then you can hear a, the same song a bunch of years, or maybe just not like it, and hear it a bunch of years later, and you go, like, it, it hits you totally different, you know? So that's definitely, I can definitely relate to that. So uh, the next one, uh, your first Iron Maiden new album, Dance of Death. Mm-hmm. Rainmaker. Rainmaker. Based on what I've heard you say, it almost sounds like Rainmaker would be one of your favorite songs of all. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, 
<coughs> excuse me, um, Brave New World. Uh, the title truck, Brave New World. Okay, okay. Um, Virtual Eleven. Como esta amigo. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Have you heard the episode I did with uh with? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Excellent. That's one of my favorites for you. You ever done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, next one is the X Factor. Uh, Sign the Cross. Okay. Okay. Fear of the Dark. Jesus be my guide. I really, really, that's my favorite one. I like that one. That's a, such a good song. Um, no Prayer for the Dying. Uh, the Title Truck. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Um, seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Uh, only the Good Die Young. Okay. Only the Good Die Young. Okay. Um, somewhere in Time. Uh, deja vu. Deja vu. That's a good one. Uh, underrated. That's a really underrated yeah, one. Yeah. Um, let's see. Somewhere in time, Power Slave. Uh, Ace is high. Ace is high. Okay. Peace of mind. Uh, maybe the trooper. Yeah, you can't yeah. go wrong with the trooper. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the best song on the album. So, mm-hmm. um. The Number of the Beast. Children of the Damned. Oh, yeah. All right. Now you're talking. Okay. Um, now, only two more. Only two more. Uh, so, uh-huh. Killers. Murders in the Room Morgue. Okay. Okay. Um, and the self-titled Iron Maiden album. What's your favorite song from that? Pick four answers by Phantom of the Orca. <laughs> you know, I, I, that's... It's... it's it's an incredible song. I mean, it's it, it's the to me it's the very first song that you hear by mm-hmm. Iron Maiden that shows you a big, humongous glimpse yeah. way into the future. So, so yeah. Well, very good. That's very good. A lot yep. of good, a lot of good stuff there. So, now the last thing I got for you, because uh, and this isn't really a question. This is going to be. I'm going to give you a chance to say something. Okay. I don't know if Iron Maiden listens to my podcast or not, but this is your chance to talk to Iron Maiden. Okay. So let's just pretend Iron Maiden listens to my podcast. Let's just any of them, you know, let's pretend it's Rod, you know, Rod and Steve. Let's say each week Rod and Steve sit down and listen (laughs) to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden zone. Yeah. So, hey, funny thing is when I had uh, Steve's nephew on, Joe. Yeah. I had him call me Uncle Steve. <laughs> I said, hey, will you, I said, will you call me Uncle Steve? I said, I'm going to say something back to you. He goes, yeah, yeah. He said, he said, hey, Uncle Steve. And I was like, uh, hey, don't you have an Uncle Steve already? And he goes, yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But let's just pretend, you know, as, as they normally do, as was their custom, they sit and listen to my podcast each week. You know, Rod and Steve, you know, at, at midnight or whatever time at 6 a.m. in England, whatever time it is, whenever the podcast comes out, they listen to Uncle C's Iron Man. So they're waiting, you know, because that's and then they, they find out that, holy crap, the official detention teachers on this week. Oh, my gosh. Let's listen. We got We got to play this right now. 
you know. <laughs> so they listen to the whole thing. They get to the very end of the episode, and they hear us talking right now, and they're saying, okay, God, what, what's this last question going to be? He said it's going to be directed to us. Wow, the official detention teacher is going to talk to us now. It's like they're really excited. So, um, you know, I really need to get Steve Harris on to do his Iron Maiden story. Now, that would be a great one. Oh my gosh, that would be great. <laughs> that would be, I mean, his his Iron Maiden story is the Iron Maiden story, actually. So, oh yeah. So okay, so they're 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 waiting right now with bated breath. Steve Harris is probably thinking right now, I need to type up my story right now and send it. <laughs> <laughs> the auto that would be I'd be like he's just writing his autobiography. Oh my goodness. So now here's here's what I have for you. Uh-huh. Steve and Rod are listening right now. You okay. know right now that it's been since 2016 that Iron Maiden has played in Japan. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, um, and we are currently in December of 2022, Iron mm-hmm. Maiden has announced tour dates for next year. But they have not announced any tour dates for Japan, for Aus- Australia, New Zealand. Now, what would you like to say to them to talk to, to why should they come to see why should they come so you can see them in Japan again? Mm-hmm. Uh, why should they come? Yeah. You're talking uh, to Steve and Rod right now. Tell them. Tell them how much you want them to come, why they should come. I mean, if I can ask them anything, I would love to know what in the world like they don't come to Japan. Like even, uh, you know, the promoters don't invite them or like, you know, they just tell your schedule or, but I mean, Japanese fans are waiting. I mean, okay, before the book was sold, Japanese fans waited for eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, before that, they came to somewhere back in time tour. Eight years. Mm-hmm. And since, the book of souls, at least we know we have to wait seven or eight more years. Sure. Yeah. Probably if they don't come, maybe Japanese made fans gonna ride uh Steve Tower. I mean like seriously, like how long do we have to wait? I mean, famous Australia or like, you know, other Asian or like Pacific countries. Yeah. So, so what you're really asking here is, hey, Steve and Rod, what did we do wrong? Why are you yeah, mad I at us? Think. Are you yeah, mad I at us? Did we, is it something we did? We're sorry. Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> Whatever we did, we're sorry. Please come back. Probably, my guess is the last show, their stage was smaller and the venue was smaller. Maybe that's the reason why they're upset. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I really feel like, I really feel like they will – on this tour, they're going to have to, before they come back, I, I have a feeling before they come back to the States, even though they kind of have said now, well, we're mm-hmm. going to come back to the States in 24, which is, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but I'm like, they have a whole year to get this stuff right. And I oh. hope they do. I hope they don't. Cause the, if they're going to come to the States, it'll probably be around June, mm-hmm. you know, when it gets warm summertime and everything. So, yeah, yeah. so hopefully they'll get to you guys because, <laughs> I, I really there you go there you go so um 
Well, I, you know what? We've, we've covered it all. We've covered your entire, your entire Iron Maiden story. And I got to say, man, it's been really, I've enjoyed it, man. We've, we've laughed a lot and, um, uh, I've had to wipe my eyes because of, you know, tears from laughing a little hard and crying about it. It's so, and I always enjoy conversations like that. So, um, so, uh, so all I can say to you, Gen Maritani, the official detention teacher in Chiba, Japan, is yeah. thank you very much, man. It's been a blast. Well, thank you for having me. That was really, really fun. And thank you for everything you do on your podcast. You're welcome. I mean, I, I mean, like I, I, I said, I already told you a few times uh, on Twitter, but you know, I. I was pretty doubtful about like online friendship. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, like all, like you, I, I, I was kind of type, I was type of guy like, yeah, you're not going to make real friends online, stuff like that, you know? Sure. Until like I really found your podcast. Yeah. And all of a sudden I started talking to people, you know, at daily basis, not yeah. like, you know, Talk once and like you know, don't talk to each other for a couple of years. Yeah. We, but we literally talk every single day. Yeah, and everything just I I mentioned about my post too. Like everything started from your podcast and you're creating this whole community of people and making our. I don't know how to put this, but making our friendship more real and tangible. Does it make sense? Like, uh, because you have podcasts, you have voice for us, and, but also you created the circle of people who really engage yeah. with one another. Yeah. And I'm really, truly grateful for what you do. Well, man, I, I really, I appreciate that. And I mean, I, I, I totally understand what you mean because, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I kind of came on the heels of talking maiden. Like they, they kind of had a lot of maiden fans together, but they, they weren't really active on Twitter at all. And when I got on there, I was just like, I just want to meet people that I can interact because I mean, I had no idea what was going to happen when I started a podcast. It was just like, okay, I'll start a podcast you know, I, I don't know who's going to listen or how many people are going to listen or whatever. I, I really don't care about that per se. It's like you want people to listen, but I was like, I want to meet people and be able to talk to someone and go like, oh my yeah. gosh, you know, and talk about an album. Like say, hey, uh, you know, uh, you know, on uh, this certain album and this certain song, like like a deep cut that nobody else knows about. Like, you know, on your polls, you're doing songs that, and, and you start meeting more people like that more and more. And it's, and you know, and I kind of stumbled into doing this. I don't remember how I came up with the idea to, Hey, let's ask people for their stories. And, but I did a couple of them and, and then I just kind of, just kind of threw it out there and people just, you know, people like you, people would send it in and people it just a little over time. And, and it's like, it, but I think it's cool because you get on there and I don't know how I figured this out or how it's worked. I, I don't, you know, I don't like to take credit for it really. Um, I, I understand my place in it a little, I guess I do a little bit. I don't really probably understand it, but I understand what you're saying though. When you say that you interact with people every day, 
And the more you interact with them, the more you like, like if you're going to interact with, say, there's a couple of people that are popping into my mind right now. Uh, Dave, obviously. And, and I'm sure, you know, the guy I'm going to mention here, I think his name is Maximus metal Maximus or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like you, like as soon as you see that you got a comment from him, you got to go, okay, here we go. Here comes one of his wild, you know, crazy comments or whatever. And, (laughs) but, but it's like you start learning people's personalities and, 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 and that's where it feels more like a real thing as opposed to just, a cold comment from a person go, Oh, I love that song. You know, you you get a little more and people, you know, get a little more. And like, like Dave, I have personally requested from Dave, where's your iron maiden story, Dave. We we've called him out so many times and, um, you know what right now? Hey, Dave, (laughs) I got the official detention teacher here. You don't want to be put in detention. Do you? Because if you don't send your story in pretty soon, what what's going to happen again if he doesn't give us give us his story pretty soon? Well, he's going to be detention and he's going to be chained like piece of my album cover. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but but you know, I, I so send it, Dave. Send it. So, but yeah, I, for real, I I I I totally feel that man because it's there's so many people and and it's kind of one thing I have noticed is that people will be really, really vocal for a while. And then you kind of see them pull back. They pull back and they pull back a little bit. And I mean, there's people that used to like, I I guess I notice it because I read the names out, like the retweets and stuff. And I'll see people that'll retweet every single week for week after week, after week, after week, after week, after week. And then, and then after a while I notice that they start disappearing and then, but, Uh but new names start popping up and it's like, it's, Uh it's really interesting. And, but but even the people that their names are disappearing off that they're still a part of conversations and and mm-hmm. man it, it's it, I I don't know I mean it, it's like you know I, I'm I don't like hearing a lot of compliments and things like that I don't want pats on the back and stuff but you know I do recognize that that it's that there is that community there and that's really it's it's satisfying to me to know that I played some part in it and and. And people say it a lot, you know, oh, and I think it's just kind of happened organically. Uh, I, I felt like with people doing their stories like you and mm-hmm. and, and people now are going to have a voice, you know, and they're going to, oh, you know, again, you know, oh, yeah, I remember his story and, or, and, and, you know, like Ron did his story and um, Chip did his story recently and all the other people. Cause I mean, as of right now, I think there's about 45 that are out right now. So mm-hmm. So 45 separate people have come in and given their whole story, you know, and talked about it. And, and people have, people can go back, you know, to 2020 or whatever, when I started them and, and put a voice, like, if you want to know what, well, what, you know, of course, Melissa has her own podcast, but man, you know, what's, what was Melissa's Iron Maiden story? How'd she get into Iron Maiden? Oh, I can go back and listen to Iron Maiden story number two. That's Melissa. Yeah. And there's so many people like Kirsty. If you want to go hear a really awkward uh, conversation, <laughs> go listen to number six. She's not, I always told Kirsty, she's easy to remember. I'm like, you are number six. So, <laughs> but, but it's really cool to be able to go back and, and hear those. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and it does create more uh, realistic friendship type mm-hmm. things. Cause you hear the people. And, and like I said, you said the people that you interact like, 
where a community they're all together and they, they, you may not see them every single day of the week, but you're going to see them multiple times and, you know, yeah. and just chat and, and, it, and it, I'll tell you what, you know, I know we're kind of going off here, um, but it's really been wild to me because I've had, you know, people that have went through serious issues in their life, like really, you know, things that, that would, you know, break a person. And, and I've like had people where I've just chatted with them, just me, stupid little me here chatting with people. And they're saying like, and, and later, later down the road, they'll be like, you know, you really helped me get through this or, or I had people say, Oh, you know, I I'm thankful that your podcast came along during the pandemic thing because it really helped me. And I'm just like, it's, and I, I just keep, I'm like, you know, I, I started my podcast in my kitchen downstairs in my house, you know, and I would record it at, you know, two o'clock in the morning and I'd be, and, and if you listen to it, it's like, welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. It's Steve here. It's really because I couldn't talk real loud. So I really didn't get to, you know, and even up here, like I told you earlier, my wife texted me and she's like, can you lower the volume of your voice, please? <laughs> but, but man, I mean, it's, it's really cool though, because I, you know, I've just, you know, you, cause someone will send you a message or, or you'll just see on Twitter, like someone that you've met will come on there and say, Hey, you know, I'm just, I'm struggling a little bit, you know, I've had a tough time in my life, but you know, I just wanted to, and, and, and they can get encouragement from other people. And, oh, yeah. and I'm just like, to me, that's the, it's like, you know, I told my wife, I said, this podcast is way bigger than us just talking about music. You know, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot more to it and creating friendships and, and a sense of community and feeling like you belong. So yeah. I, I, that's awesome. And, and. I'm glad yeah. you're a part of it, man. Oh, I'm I'm grateful to be part of it. That's awesome, man. So, so um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, man. It's just uh, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, I I you know I I don't like getting compliments. I, I would rather okay. try to explain the reasons why it's not necessarily totally my fault that it's going that way. <laughs> but it's cool. It is cool. I mean, and I really wish more people would participate because, um, you know, I, I know that I know, ha- I, I, I don't really know how many people listen. I'm I getting, I got some stats from, uh, what is it called? Uh, Spotify, you know, they send you your podcast stats and I'm looking at their stats and I know my stats that I've seen. And I'm like, these stats are more than what I've been seeing. So there's obviously more people listening than I realize. And I'm like, I yeah. wish more people would engage and more and more. And I love it. You know, I like, I like, it's, I like doing the polls and, and stuff like that too. And it's fun to get lots of responses and, and, and just have debate and uh, a little bit. I, I'm more like friendly debate. So, but anyway, um, I'm going to have to go to bed here pretty soon. It's, it's like almost two o'clock yeah. in the morning. <laughs> Oh man, but we and we've been on the phone for a long time. But man, I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this, though, because like I know it's you know we all have lives and we all have things to do and and things that are going on. And um, but um, thank you, man. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate. It. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>